The Landlord and Lawyer Podcast with Ben Beadle and Tessa Shepherdson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Landlord and Lawyer Podcast. Um, he's Ben Beadle, he's the landlord. And she's Tessa Shepherdson, she's the lawyer. And together we are the Landlord and Lawyer Podcast, but we try to have a guest. And we're really excited this month because we've got a fantastic guest. We've got we, Eddie Hooker. Yeah, we, he's a great chap, is uh, Ed, well known in the deposit protection space, but um, ma mainly on insurance with Hamilton Fraser and associated products. But he's always uh, good fun, uh, talks as it is, and got a wealth of experience uh, celebrating 25 years uh, of Hamilton Fraser. So let's see what he's got to say, shall we? Let's see what he's got to say. Have our very very special guest with us today, Eddie Hooker, um, who is, and this is really a moment of triumph for you, Eddie, because your business has now passed its twenty fifth anniversary, which must be really exciting for you. Uh, I'm just looking at myself in this video recording. I I I, I don't look a day over thirty, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know where all that time has gone. Look, do you know what? Yeah, twenty five years been involved in. Um, uh, the property market for that long. Um, where have the where have the years? I mean, the the world is completely different now from where it was in 1996. Um, not just from my point of view. You know, our company's now what 250 people and branched out into all loads of areas of the property market. But I just think if you go back 25 years, I mean, Arsene Wenger was the manager of Arsenal. That was when he first started. Sorry for you Tottenham fans out there. But um, uh, did you know that um, DVDs were launched uh, in 1996? Gareth Southgate's penalty, Euro 96. Uh, yeah, yeah, he missed that one, didn't he? They, they were showing <laughs> that on telly in the Euros the other day, and I remembered that. Uh, and, and the other thing which I wasn't really aware of was that eBay, we were talking about this, Ben, just before we came on, uh, eBay was launched in 1996. So and my how son the world, was born. How the world has changed. Hasn't my it? son was born in 1996. In 1996. Yeah. So, well, happy 25 to him as well. Yeah. So, um, Eddie, um, let's move over to um, sort of property, landlords, yeah. and all the rest of it. What, what, what do you where do you feel we are at the moment? I mean, with with all that's gone on, um, what, what do you think are the most important issues and what's your I think, feeling? Uh, the, 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 the pandemic, we've got to mention the pandemic, haven't we? 2020 yeah. was was a year that no one um, uh, could have anticipated. And it's been a year of um, phenomenal change and challenge. The, in my view, the property, the residential property market, I think the commercial market's got some massive challenges yeah. going forward, not just about the, the pandemic, but about changing habits of, uh, of retail and, and all of those sort of things. But I think the private rented sector, look, everyone needs a home. So I don't think, I, I, I think the, 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 the private rented sector has actually survived very, very well. Of course, the big challenge is always about the money side for the tenant. And that's dominated 
the landscape in the private rented sector, the eviction ban uh, and the implications of that. Uh, what has disappointed me somewhat with the last 12 months in the in the rented sector is some of the language has got a bit ugly uh, between, um, especially in the media, um, uh, you know, the conflict. I did a, I did a comment on Generation Rent who released a, a report last week uh, where they were suggesting to tenants to try and catch their landlords out by not issuing the right documentation on deposits and therefore you couldn't be evicted and uh, the 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 impression i got was that they were they were saying you know these greedy landlords out there let's catch and i think that sort of language has been can be a little bit divisive and and that's that's the negative over it's it's how do people now look at landlords and letting agents is it all about the tenant? Well, of course, the tenant's a consumer, but there has to be, I think, a bit more of a willingness to work together. And I think most landlords and, uh, 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 want to do that. Um, but I think the media sometimes are looking for headlines, are whipping up a little bit of anti-landlord sentiment. Um, and uh, I think I, I don't think that's particularly helpful. And I, I think I've said that publicly. Mm. Uh, there are challenges. Every sector in the UK, every sector has got its challenges. I mean, we're sitting here uh, 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 still running our businesses, aren't we? But if we were in the theatre world, if we were in the hospitality world, if we were in the travel world, um, I, I'm not sure I'd know what to do, really. Yeah. So we're very lucky. So I think we need to, to, to quieten down a little bit on the some of the anti-landlord, anti-letting agent rhetoric and, and encourage working together. Uh, and the government, I think, ultimately, I don't think, I wouldn't want to be Boris Johnson or any of the ministers at the moment. They're being hit from every angle. Everybody's looking for money. Everybody's looking for support. Um, we will look back on this, I'm convinced, in, a, in 12, 18 months, and hopefully some of the proposals which the government are putting forward to modernise the sector or improve the sector, I'm hoping a lot of those people will welcome, um, and our jobs, Ben, your job as the uh, chair of the NRLA, Tessa is our legal uh, voice in the marketplace, um, we need to help um, uh, uh, make sure that these introductions of new policies and new ideas are done in the right way. But I think the rhetoric is is right, if you get my point. Yeah, I think you're absolutely bang on, Eddie. I think the, the, the rhetoric is is not helpful. Uh, yeah. And if we if we know anything, it's that um, you don't have to hurt landlords to to please tenants. Uh, actually, you know, often mm, some of the yeah. best solutions are, uh, you know, you, you help one, you help both. Uh, uh, and I think that's how we how we have to proceed. I, I'm interested in your views, though, Eddie, um, around the longer term, what things you think we've learned from COVID and bearing in mind, you know, it's not over yet. Um, you yeah. know, what, what things do you think are here for the, for the longer term and how, how will this shape the sector for the next 25 years of Hamilton Fraser's existence when you'll be, I don't know, what, 45? Uh, please God. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit older, maybe 50. Uh, what, what an interesting question. I think um, we talked a bit about communication. Yeah. So I think uh, mediation, 
there's a word uh, which has been uh, um, slotted in now into uh, into landlord tenant relations a lot more than it ever was done. Um, uh, I think that's here to stay. Um, I think uh, that was what I think that was going to happen anyway, may not be in the in the amount of time frame we've been looking at. But if you take um, if you take divorce now, not that I've ever experienced a divorce, but now uh, when you when 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 the relationship breaks down, you have to go to mediation. That's part and parcel of of the, of the process, or at least it's offered, if you get my point. And I think um insurance what we do with insurance claim handling now there is generally a mediation form of mediation settlement negotiation period before it goes to a final settlement so in other words i think what what markets are trying to do is say well why does everything have to go to court why does everything have to be antagonistic can we not just talk about things uh, and see if we can work it out before it goes to the next stage and i and i i think the law courts um i think it's wrong that they take everything if you get my point and that's just going to make things so i think mediation is going to be a part of it a big part of it i think um uh the the reform of the ast uh, uh legislation i mean we talk about longer term tenancies um, the abolishment of section 21, the, 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 the making section eight more robust. I think that will definitely go through. Um, I think they're going to try and balance it out a bit. Uh, I hope they don't go too far, guys, that they go too far against the landlord. But I think they're trying to manage that. Um, and I think the government have realised that renting is a massive part of the the the, the 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 demograph of the country and um just because you rent a property doesn't mean you're uh, you should have less rights than if you own a property but at the same time they're going to have to rely on the private rented sector a lot more so there's going to have to be a lot more balancing um uh, going through um so i think there will be changes and i think it's the changes that will come in will be for the better um landlords will have to adapt tenants will have to adapt but i think that's where i feel if that answers your question ben i don't know if i've just rambled on no no, no. <laughs> absolutely uh, uh, fabulous and i think um you know we've both been in the deposit protection space um uh, since pretty much the the in inception and i think um you know that is a, a, a an alternative way of resolving disputes that has been successful and i Very think um, yeah. you know it's taken you know tens of thousands of of cases outside of the uh, or, or mm. out of the court system one might argue that they may not have all uh, ended up in in there but it's certainly shown that you can have speedy justice um uh, and you don't need to go to court to get it and i, I think um, people forget that ben actually mm. i think when people talk about deposit protection you know generation rent shelter the market uh, they just think about the deposit and what schemes protect a deposit the the, the, the no deposit alternatives or the deposit replacement schemes are starting to understand this a bit more but the real job of a deposit scheme ultimately is the end of tenancy dispute. That's the end product. 
And I think um, we don't talk enough about the good the market has done. Ben, you ran, uh, uh, you were integral at TDS in the dispute side of it. Uh, and people like Mike Morgan as well. You know, the pioneers, Steve Harrier, all of these people, me and Sean uh, 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 who, uh, and uh, Tim Throne, who run these, we, you know, we're doing 20 to 30,000 disputes every year. And we have to get everyone bang on that is fair to both the landlord and the tenant. Can you imagine how long you'd have to wait if you went to court on all of these? So I think we need to shout a little bit more about with deposit protection, not just about can we protect the 500, 600 quid deposit and does it go into a custodial scheme or go into uh, an insured backed scheme or even come out of traditional TDP into the deposit replacement market. It's about the quality of the end product, the, the dispute. You with me? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think has been the massive success of TDP in the last 15 years. I worry like mad, uh, Tessa Ben, that the deposit replacement market will throw all of that work into the bin. And in the next couple of years, I worry it will create more division again. Um, and that's not me having a pop at the deposit replacement, guys, because I've got one myself. <laughs> but it's, it's it, we need to make sure that whatever the government come up with, with for the lifetime deposit or deposit protection in the future, the dispute part of it is not played with because I think that's the, the real win for the market over the last few years. I mean, it's, it's the jewel in the crown, Ed, isn't it, really? Uh, you know, when you think that um, how quickly those disputes are resolved, and I know there will be people out there that, that cast aspersions on the independence yeah. of the of the schemes. Yeah, we've, we've, we've all spoken with them. Um, mm. uh, but the fact of the matter is, you know, for those one roughly 1% of cases that end in dispute, you can get your, your dispute out of the sausage factory, typically, if I recall the uh, the KPI, 95% within 28 days of receipt of evidence. Well, to me, you're not going to get that elsewhere. No, absolutely. And you're not going to get it free. No, quite. <laughs> Let's not overlook that. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, if I go to Tessa now, so I'm going to put you on the spot, Tessa. Yeah. <laughs> if I went to you as a lawyer now and wanted you to deal with the dispute for me on your hourly rate, well, I'd probably say I don't do that work anymore. <laughs> but, um, I mean, a decent solicitor will, if, if you go, I mean, for that sort of work, they probably have um, fixed fees. But, I mean, a decent solicitor who really is experienced and knowledgeable will probably charge upwards of 200 quid an hour. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say a, an average dispute probably takes something like four to five hours to really get it right. You know, the yeah. really simple ones, not a problem. But increasingly, deposit schemes are seeing more complicated disputes. Some of the simpler disputes, you know, the cleaning bills here and, you know, a, a few missed, missed utility bills, actually the landlord and tenant are getting much better about negotiating that between them. And, and, and deposit schemes are now doing a lot of that work online you know and live chat is helping and all of that innovation but in, but my adjudicators and i've got 12 of them uh, and they're fully employed they all have a legal background or they've gone through the uh, uh, uh the arbitration exams and that sort of thing because we don't just 
pick anybody off the street, contrary to popular belief. These people are very highly qualified. They will, the, the more complicated ones can take hours. Yeah. And that is a free service. You know, especially it's completely free if you use a custodial. There's a small charge, obviously, of 10, 15 quid to protect the deposit in an insured back scheme. But the rest, and the, but the landlord pays that. Indeed. Ultimately, I think it's a phenomenal service. And um, I would say that, yes, but the evidence out there. Time is, and time again. Absolutely. Deposit yeah. protection is generally off the political agenda. It, yeah. it works. Yes, it needs tweaking. Yes, it needs a little bit more TLC. But ultimately, it works for the vast majority uh, of the marketplace. And Ed, I was going to ask you, actually, if I may, that you're thinking about the, the you know, the, the no cash up front deposit schemes uh, yeah. and you've got OM, haven't you? Yes. Um, yeah. Do you think you, know, you, you express some reservations about the concept? Is that because it you know that lack of payment of cash will make tenants think differently what's your what's your take I, on the concern I changed my opinion not just um look i what hamilton fraser i think has to um i need to say this we do not launch a product into a market just for the sake of it just to earn money we've never done that yeah uh we could have launched loads of products into the market over the last 25 years I just don't feel this pointless just moving into a congested marketplace. We want to do things better. If we think we can do things better, if I think I can do rent guarantee insurance better, I'll launch one. I actually happen to think the market looks really good with that type of product. So I don't need to wade in. <laughs> with deposit, no deposit or alternative, it took me a little while to get my head around it. But ultimately, this is about choice. It's not about... The, the landlord, I think, has a bit of reservation because, you know, he's not got the cash, but increasingly they're using custodial schemes, so they don't hold the cash anyway. Um, they don't want to pay the 10, 15 quid because they're not earning enough leaving it in a bank. Uh, so all the deposit replacement is doing is saying, well, actually, we're taking cash completely away from it. It's about the trust issue between the landlord and the tenant. Now, I want a deposit protection uh, policy product whatever you want to call it to look and feel the same as a traditional deposit yeah now if you can achieve that that gives ultimate choice that levels the playing field what i have a problem with at the moment and i'm getting on my high horse now but i'm, I'm i hope you appreciate the sentiment what's happening with some of the deposit replacement products is they're moving further and further away from traditional deposits yeah we for example cap our cover at five weeks <coughs> i don't want to give 12 weeks cover i don't think that's fair on the tenant who is paying for this the landlord might get the benefit but the tenant is paying for it and there is evidence we've got now to show that actually claims against tenants in the deposit replacement world are significantly higher than in a traditional deposit because there's no negotiation the landlord chucks in a claim for 1500 quid even if the deposit is 500 quid and 
increasingly deposit replacement schemes, unlike OM. I think TDS do the adjudications for zero, I think. So That's right. there again, they're, they're, they're doing it the right way, in my view. Um, increasingly, the deposit replacement schemes are using claim handlers, just moving bits of paper, not doing the proper adjudication. And I predict that tenants will get stung here on some of these products. They'll end up paying more than if they used a traditional deposit, and the landlord will, the landlord and letting agent will have less communication to sort out some of these easier disputes and these smaller disputes because they're thinking, well, I've got twelve weeks cover, ten weeks cover, might as well put the claim in. So I worry about that if you want the truth. What we do is we are experts in insurance, we're experts in TDP, we're experts in redress and adjudication. I want the tenant to have choice, but I want it to be fair. I want the landlord to be protected, but I want it to be fair, yeah? And that's my concern. And that's why OM is created to look and feel like a traditional deposit. Yeah. Do you think there ought to be regulation of the alternative schemes? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of the times so that perhaps the tenant doesn't really know what they're buying. No, my son, my son has gone to university in Manchester. Yeah. So he's going into his first property now. So he's come out the halls. So within his second year, going into a house that the agent, the agent, uses my deposits for uh, traditional TDP, is a member of the property redress scheme, which is one of our businesses, and a member of client money protect, one of our businesses, but uses another uh, alternative scheme, yeah? And when I said, well, we've got one Mr. Letting Agent, and I've chatted to my son and his flatmates and it works for them. No, 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 sorry. We will only use that one. Yeah. Now, is that... so they won't recognise another scheme that they don't like. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when I push it, it's well, we get commission out of that one, or it's the landlord gets better cover out of that. Well, what about the tenant? Mm. That's not choice anymore. That's mm. moving away from choice. What I'd like to see is the tenant taking more responsibility for deposit protection. So I, I'm really interested in that, Ed, um, and yeah, I don't know what landlords will think about this, so I probably shouldn't say it, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. <laughs> I, I mean, one of the things I was <laughs> one of the things I was working on at, at TDS was kind of this this sort of you know, if you had a blank piece of paper, how would you craft deposit protection again? Yeah. And if there's one thing that irritates uh, uh, landlords a lot, despite all of the good work that the schemes are doing, it is the faff around deposits and prescribed information and maybe invalidating your PI. Da, 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 da. Absolutely. Do you think there is a role if and when the insured schemes come come to an end and we're stuck, we're left with the uh, custodial and alternatives? Do you think there's a role for, you know, you said yourself around the tenant taking control yes. of their deposit protection and actually taking it entirely out of the hands of landlords and agents themselves. And, and rather than the landlord say, I've protected your deposit, actually the tenant will say to the landlord, I've protected my deposit and it's here. Yeah, that's exactly how I would. And that's what exactly what I, uh, I mean, you'll be involved, Ben, in your new role. I say new, you've been in there 18 months, but in when they reconvene the government workshops on TDP reform, you'll be part of it. That's exactly the 
proposal I've put forward yeah. and others have put forward. I'm not taking the spot, I'm not taking the glory for it. I think everyone recognizes that the tenant, it's their money. They should take the responsibility for protection. These schemes, whatever flavor they are, should be authorized and recognized schemes. And they go to the landlord letting agent and say, my deposit is protected with TBS or my, depo my deposit replacement is with O, or my deposits, or DPS. And then as long as it's one of those three, four, five organisations, the landlord goes, brilliant. Can you send me a copy, please? Absolutely. And do you and think, that, Ed, that will... I think that's the way forward. You know? Do you think that will fit with the, the, the government's... Yeah, you know, no. they're obviously hell bent on the idea of mobility and moving yeah. that deposit from one to another. Do you think that will help the lifetime deposit com uh, uh, concept, if it's done in that way? Uh, I don't think they'll do it that way, Ben, mm. to be honest with you, because that that uh, will mean a complete rewrite of the legislation. Indeed. Uh, and that's all about uh, government uh, uh, floor time and committee time and, and legislation time. I think what the government are trying to do um, is a bit of a, an insight for, for you guys, is that they're pushing very much on the passporting route. Um, so they want you to have one deposit at the beginning of your life of a, as a tenant, and then it will follow you round. Yeah. Uh, the problem being there is in order to give the same flexibility of letting agents and landlords choosing their scheme. Yeah. There is going to have to be a bridging insurance introduced. Indeed. And let's I'm going to be blunt. Either the tenant pays for that or the landlord's going to end up paying for it. Um, I don't think the government are, in my view, widening the debate enough because there's a lot of voices out there. You know, uh, Generation Rent Shelter, the tenant organisations want to protect the tenant. The landlord organisations don't want any more regulatory and cost burden on, on the landlords. And the letting agents are businesses. They want to make money. You know, so I, I, I think there's a lot more water to go under the bridge. What I'd love to see is that choice issue in the next couple of years. You can choose how to protect your deposit in any one of these schemes, custodial or no deposit. They should be authorised and the tenant should take more responsibility. It's their money at the end of the day. You know, I have to say, I I quite like the idea of the legislation being completely redrafted because yeah. at the moment it is such a mess that even I, who have spent, you know, sort of 20, 30 years <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the area and have sort of lived through all the changes, find it very difficult to understand the legislation when I read it. Yeah. And, and I think actually that's a scandal because it's supposed to be consumer legislation um, and it, it's not understandable by consumers. Well, I'll, I'll give you a so quick, complicated. Example. Absolutely. Give you a very, very quick example. I've just built my palace, as you said earlier, Ben. Yeah. So I'm getting warranties for everything all over the place. Yeah. So I put my windows in. Yeah. I buy my windows. Fenza, who are the warranty company for the windows, send that warranty not to my retailer, who I bought the windows from, send it directly to me yeah that's what tdp needs to be about you with me the schemes should confirm to the tenant 
that everything's done correctly. And if the tenant's got it wrong or there's an error, the tenant goes back to the scheme and says, you've spelt my, my name wrong. You put one O instead of double O-K-E-R hooker, H-O-K-E-R. The, the poor landlord and letting agent have not got a hope currently. They can't, they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. You with me? And I think we shouldn't, all the ten, all the landlord should be doing is protecting that deposit, putting the money in the scheme or whatever they do. The schemes need to do more, I think, in dealing with the tenant. That means that the letting agent needs to relax their approach to the tenant. A lot of the time we don't, we're not, the tenant, the, the letting agent refuses to allow us to communicate with the tenant because they what they think we're going to cross sell all these products to them you with me so they go no, no 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 don't send out any letters to the tenant please so there's a lot of conflicting issues in the market and we need to, i agree tessa we need to make it easier we the you know government schemes like my deposits tds dps we're actually the good guys we're not there to ruin the market we're there to make it easier for everyone so let us get on with our jobs. We're the experts. And if, unless the government do that, you're going to end up with loads of different models appearing and you won't know whether that deposit replacement, whether that deposit loan, whether that whatever it happens to be. If you are a tenant, you just it's let the buyer beware. You're going to end up with people not knowing what to do. You know, and it's going to get more confusing and uh, and people are going to think, oh, I want to do that, but I'm allowed to do that. Well, I thought you were doing that and you haven't done that. That's what worries me with what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I, I get quite passionate about it. But, uh, <laughs> ultimately, it's because I fundamentally believe in what the TDP schemes are doing, the redress schemes are doing, the client money protection schemes are doing, the landlord associations are doing. I believe in everything, that, but, you know, deal with the experts, please. That's my message. You know, make sure that you're talking to the people that really have done the job. Um, that's why I thought it was a great appointment, Ben, when they, when they took you into the NRLA to run it, because you are a practitioner and a real practitioner that has, has had his fingers in so many pies in all of these regulatory organizations. So you can bring that real world experience and give that proper advice and support to the membership. You know? Yeah, th thank you for that, Ed. I was, I was yeah. out me measuring my curtains at my HMO uh, for uh, the weekend. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very, very hands-on. I, I draw the line at curtains and light bulbs. <laughs> I peaked already, so there, there yeah. we go. But no, I, th I think I think I think you're absolutely right. You know, um, government should be listening to um, you know the the experts as you as you put it. And I think you know they're, they're obviously, if I may, turn the conversation away from deposits and towards yeah. redress, which is something yeah. that you've touched on. That's clearly you know an area that that works in the in the agent space. That is uh, a, a dead cert, I think. For the landlord space have you got any views on on that absolutely so at the moment uh ben and you'll you'll recognize this tessa the same the only recourse a tenant has currently is if the landlord is using a letting agent 
yeah and if there's an issue with service for the tenant or the landlord for that matter they can go to the property redress scheme or the property ombudsman and we will deal with those complaints if you are a loan landlord yeah so you're you know you're on your own you're self-managing um where does the tenant go if there's an issue yeah. yeah, that's not fair, is it? I mean, you, your rights shouldn't depend on who your landlord is. Absolutely. It should depend on whether it should depend. There should be somewhere to go. If you are a tenant that has a problem with your landlord or your letting agent, there should be one place to go. Yeah. So at the moment, the market, I mean, what Ben, what, what is the split between self-managing? It's actually growing, isn't it? More people are self-managing. More, more people are self-managing, um, yeah. but I still think there's a, a, um, a significant demographic of those using managing agents. I'd say it's probably uh, just over 50% uh, self-managing. Okay, so half, half the tenants out there have got nowhere to go yeah. when they are letting a property because their landlord is not a member of a redress scheme. Other so, than the courts, but that's going to other take them. Than the courts, but again, you know, most um, most tenants won't want to go to court. You know, we, we're talking about a, a lot of vulnerable parts yeah. of, the, uh, of the society. Uh, let's be blunt. In the UK, people want to own their own home. If they can't own their own home, they go into renting. Yes, there's always those people that want to rent. But ultimately, it's about the vulnerable side in the majority uh, that are in the rental side or the lower paid people go into the renting so for me it is a natural step that it doesn't matter whether you the, the landlord uses a letting agent or the landlord self-managed the tenant should have somewhere to go yeah. now the issue with landlord redress this is going to be the test yeah is that someone's got to pay for that service yeah now the landlord will argue well actually i thought i'd done a really good job and this tenant is vindictive against me he's making all these complaints and i'm now being charged 50 60 70 quid to deal with that complaint or my membership is getting more expensive of a redress scheme uh because more and more complaints are coming in you with me as as Genren and Shelter and other organisations who are encouraging tenants to complain about everything. You with me? So I think the important thing with landlord redress is getting the scope right. Yeah. So what should a tenant be able to complain about? And what shouldn't a redress scheme? And a redress scheme should be low cost, in my view. It should be uh, uh, um, um, the polluter pays approach, yeah? So I don't see why every landlord should be charged a load of money because of a few rogue landlords out there. Um, so so with that, I think the government, when they're putting this in place, um, and I think the, the NRLA have a big part to play in this, as do other uh, 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 landlord and letting agent focused organizations, what is the scope of landlord redress? What should, uh, what shouldn't a landlord, a redress organisation deal with that needs to be pushed back to the courts? What should they be able to deal with? You and what do you think is the answer to that, Eddie? Well, I'll give you a very quick, quick, um, quick um, issue on um, uh, deposit protection. Let's go back there very quickly. There's certain types of dispute we won't deal with. You know, so that's where 
uh, we won't deal with a dispute where the tenant or the landlord has already gone to court, yeah? Or there's a criminal behaviour involved there. You with me? So I, I think it should generally be... Um, I mean, you've put me on the spot there, Tessa, because I don't know, I can't think of everything, but I think with letting agents, generally the redress is surrounding service, it's mm. around um, uh, communication, it's around fees, yeah? So is the letting agent charging fees or not, or unreasonable fees, or are they breaching certain bits of legislation? I think there are certain things like nuisance for example uh, um, that might be something that I would say is a much more specialist um, area um, that might that might come out of scope I think redress schemes where they can enforce penalty where they've got some teeth yeah no point in having a redress scheme with no teeth mm. yeah but of course you don't want read you want redress schemes to be fast and uh, um, fair. You with me, and that and therefore I think they need to think about. And I think Ben, you and I have had a few conversations about what do you think as a, as the NRLA, and and Tessa, you'll have a role in this. What do you think um, uh, um, redress schemes should be dealing with? And then companies like myself and others can tailor a package that yeah. works for everyone. Uh, I suppose one of the problems that you get sometimes, and I've, I've had someone talking to me about this, I've, I've had a case where, where this seems to be the situation, is that there seems to be some sort of personality clash between the landlord and the tenant, and, and the tenant thinks they're right, in the la and, and it's, it, it's, to do, it, it's perhaps to do more with personalities and behaviour, um, and they conflict. get very, very upset about it. They get yeah, really, of really... Course, of course. I mean, at the end of the day, look, that, that this is what mediation, arbitration, the court process, it, it, it's a conflict. It is conflict management. Mm. Yeah. And we need to get into a situation. I mean, you know, one of the things we were talking about, again, before we, right at the beginning was the eviction process. You, you with me? Look, <coughs> the stats actually are out there that... Most, the vast majority, I can't pick a number, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do a, um, a, a, a government and not have the numbers at my figure, but the vast majority of landlords want long-term tenancies. Yeah. They're not, not necessarily formalised long-term tenancies, but they want long relationships with their tenant. Yeah. And the tenant wants to stay in the property in a lot of cases for as long as they possibly can, especially with kids, you know, where you've got your roots down. Yeah, you've got schools and, and that. All of that. So then it's about talking. You know, look, we're business people, aren't we? Every now and again, one side of a business relationship goes, you're taking the mick out of me. You know, you're charging, you're overcharging me or you're not doing your side of the bargain. What do we just sit there emailing each other? No, we pick the phone up and I say, sorry, Ben, you feel like that. If, if my charges are too high or I've missed the point of something, what, what, what can I do to put it right? And then Ben says, "Ah, oh, thanks, Ed, for ringing me. Yeah, I think I think you need to relook at your your. You haven't looked at your pricing for three years. Can you do something for me? It's talking about okay. it. You I, know, it's going back to mediation. That's all. That's what it's about. Yeah, I think Ed, it would be really interesting to see where landlord redress starts and where mediation 
comes in yeah. you can see a big overlap here and i think Absolutely. um you, you know I, I i think i think a couple of things on this i think um you know the, the wider rhetoric in the sector does landlords a massive disservice actually because i do think these conversations are are going on <laughs> day in day yeah. out uh, you know we have to move away from this school of thought that somehow landlords take great pleasure uh, in uh, issuing a notice, evicting their tenant, waiting 18 months for a bloody court order, yeah. um, you know, just because they can, uh, you know, let's let's just remove that from our minds and think, OK, you know, surely if someone's there for the long term and paying and, and keeping up with their obligations, you know, why would you want to go through that sort of process? And if there was a problem and you've got a long term tenant and let's not overlook that the average tenancy length is four and a half years, even with uh, section 21 a, a, around, which is why I think getting rid of section 21 may, won't make a jot of difference to no, uh, security, which is why, you know, scrap it for all I care, as long as we have a a, a better system um, for a uh, for a real fault, because section 21 masks uh, all of the other faults that exist. But I think, you know, the, the mediation point and the redress point, we have to craft very carefully. Uh, and, and, you know, focus on the goodwill that exists in the sector, because uh, there is more goodwill than than the newspapers and others yeah. would have you believe. There yeah. are there are some examples out there, Ben, I agree with you. Uh, the Financial Ombudsman Service, who regulates my insurance business, yeah, or the FCA, but this is their redress arm. If you if you if I as a consumer or one of my customers complains to the FOS, the first we hear from it is a phone call. 10 years ago, we'd have got a formal letter, you know, written in legally speak, frightening the life out of everybody and accusing us of being rogues because that's how the FOS used to deal with things. Now, move forward 10 years, you get a phone call basically saying, we've had a complaint from one of your customers uh, we'll throw through a quick email with the detail, but could you go and have a quick look at it? You'll get our, you'll get a formal letter from us in a couple of days. Can you go and have a quick look at it? And we can have a quick chat, see if we can get rid of it quickly. That's how things are moving on in other regulatory uh, uh, areas. And um, all of us are human. You know, we see a lot of complaints from, do you know what? When we set up um, the property redress scheme, now we've got, we are now the largest scheme in the UK. We have 15,000 letting agents running through our books as members. Now we are seeing an increase in complaints, but the percentage of complaints, and these are from generally non-ALA property mark agents, yeah? So these are what people always look at as the rogue, unregulated sector. Our complaint ratio is tiny compared to the property ombudsman. Yeah. Why? Because our approach is very much a supportive approach. Pick the phone up, have a chat. Most of our complaints never hit Sean as, as a formal, uh, as the head of redress in a formal way. Generally, they're dealt with by uh, remediate, remedial action plans, um, uh, communication between the parties, formalise that in a few emails, um, and they get sorted out. The number of fines we're issuing at the moment is next to nothing. I think there was eight last year in 2020, and the letting agent market hadn't shut down. 
you with me? There was a lot of opportunity for the letting agent market to actually take the take advantage, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's about talking the communication. And I don't think we need to make everything as formal as some, some parties want to do. You know, Great. yes, yes, I need to keep coming back to you can't have it for nothing because I've still got to employ people who are expert to do it. You with me? But if we can encourage the market to self-regulate and to self-communicate, people like us don't need to get involved until more of a last resort. And that will keep costs down and keep the, the oil flowing through the engine. Uh, it's a bit of a backstop protection issue yeah and, probably, and the courts ought to be avoided if at all possible um i mean often when you go to court you're lost really you know it's a failure all round. well let me say to you let, very quickly coming back on the eviction ban so they've been they've released the first of june yeah um and they're going back to this uh, two-week issue now so you can uh, serve the notice and then the courts will hear things i was talking to landlord action the other day Paul Champlino, who you guys know very, very well, so he runs Landlord Action. <clears throat> he anticipates something like 14 to 1,500 uh, rent arrear claims in the next three, four, five months, yeah? So it's actually a huge number of, uh, of, uh, of, of large, long-term uh, rent issues. The landlord doesn't want to go to court. By the time he gets to court, his rent arrears are going to be even, even bigger. Let's get on the phone and try and do a deal with these tenants. Yeah, might cost you a hundred quid. You know, you don't want to do it for nothing. You know, you don't want to just offer free mediation because the incentive isn't to try and deal with it. It's trying to get it off your desk. You with me? But we're finding landlords are saying to us, look, I just want to get possession back. You know, if the tenant can't afford to pay the rent, not a problem. I get that. And there's lots of support out there. For, well, maybe not enough, Ben. I, I've read all your... But, but there is support out there. But the landlord wants to get his property back. The, the best way of getting his property back is not waiting another four months to go to bloody court. It's mm. actually to do a deal. Maybe sometimes walk away and write off that money. It might be the quickest way of doing it. Most landlords write off the money anyway. I mean, I used to do eviction work for many years and practically yeah. all cases that were to do with rent arrears, the landlord said to me, look, you know, forget about recovering the money. I just want the property back. I mean, I'll be is, happy with that. That's the reality, Tessa. I do worry, though, that because the eviction ban has gone on for so long, obviously yeah. lifted now in, in England, I do worry that the sums are going to be so significant yeah. um, that landlords who wouldn't normally pursue the debt will pursue the debt because you know we, we, they're they can't accruing not to. they just can't afford not to um and you know there's lots of people that say to me well what about tenant register what about a register of tenants if you're getting a, a register of landlords well yeah if you if you think about it and you know don't take this as an endorsement but if you think about it your your referencing process uh, is your register if you will and if you've got a tenant that hasn't paid um, you know, you will be taking them to court and registering that CCJ. Yes. The next landlord will know about it. The problem is, and I will get down off my high horse in a moment, uh, Ed, uh, I'm joining you up there. Um, the, 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 the problem is that the government made two promises at the start of the eviction ban. It said one that uh, no tenant would be um, uh, would lose their home because of the COVID crisis. 
uh, well, that's gone by the wayside. Yeah. And the and the second one was that no landlord should be forced uh, uh, or should suffer um, egregious debts, you know, big, lots of big money. Well, you know, the reality is that people will be evicted. It, you know, it won't be uh, a tsunami. It will be death by a thousand cuts. It will be a gradual trickle of lots of people coming out of their homes. And as you would have seen today, Ed, you know, we, we're laying this very firmly at the Chancellor's door because debt yeah. is resolvable. And yes, the government have put lots of measures out there, but we know that the, you know, the private rented sector has threefold increase in, in debt and the private, the, the social housing sector and mortgage arrears have reverted back to pre-pandemic level. We have a problem that's solvable. And unfortunately, um, the government are, you know, it's effectively for landlords like choosing what form of torture do you want? You know, do you yeah, want no lots of debt or do you want to evict your tenant? Well, actually, I don't want either. Um, can we have some help, please? And you know, I, I totally agree with you. Mediation must be considered um, uh, uh, in, in, as a precursor. Earlier, it I needs to be done earlier. Absolutely. Can I also just add in um, a, a cautionary word uh, when this goes out? Um, where I agree 100% with all of this is um, where the government, I think, have got this wrong or the courts have got this wrong. They're looking for every excuse not to hear an eviction. So they're dotting their I's and crossing their T's. It's a bit like prescribed information with deposit protection. Are you with me? A, word, a cautionary word from a landlord to a landlord. If you are going to pursue the debt, not a problem. Agree 100%. Think very carefully before you do it yourself. Yeah? So if you're going to do it yourself, make sure you really understand the process. Because if you get it wrong, it comes right back to the beginning. Yeah, which means that your debt is even more exasperated and courts are going to be looking for reasons to push it to the back of the queue. You with me? And if you're going to use um, uh, a third party to help you, make sure they are a law society regulated, SRA regulated yeah. business. So a Definitely. proper law firm or eviction specialist like Landlord Action, I know I'm plugging that, but we are a law firm, rather than the unregulated, uh, no win, no fee, um, get rich quick businesses, um, because you will suffer more, Mr. Landlord. Sound Mr. advice, Ed. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely sound advice. No different than I'd say, if you're going to buy an insurance product, um, go to an FFCA related regulated business. Make sure you go to an SRA regulated business because there's come back if it goes wrong. You no, you're absolutely right. And you know, landlords uh, need to be guided. There's no one better than our dear friend, uh, Paul at Landlord Action. Yeah. Um, very happy to endorse him and, and the work that he is doing. Yeah. Uh, but before it gets to that point, if you can, you know, mediate, conciliate, come to some arrangement because the conveyor belt at the at, at the courts uh, you know is going to be full for uh, a little while yet yeah, that's I agree. Sure. I agree point of regulated solicitors something a lot of people don't realize is solicitors have proper insurance yes. I know that because yes. when I practice as a solicitor you have to have insurance that is approved by the law society and it's very expensive yeah so yeah. that if the solicitor makes a mistake you can you can make a claim, whereas Absolutely. if you're going to, to some some company that's advertising on the Internet who who are not proper solicitors and they make a mistake. Mm. 
there may be nothing you can do about it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it comes back to, to mediation. If you're going to use a third party make sure to help you mediate, I'm not suggesting you have to all the time, but make sure that that company is a qualified mediation company. And again, you can check that on the media on, online. Are they regulated by the uh, <coughs> Chartered Trading Standards Institute for, for these sort of things? Um, obviously, TDP schemes have got that mediation qualification because we do dispute management. So just be very, what I'm saying, be very careful that you're not just clicking on a button, yeah. getting these services. And then, as you say, Tessa, when it goes wrong, the website's gone, there's no recourse, and you're facing a massive bill because the rent arrears are still clocking up. So, um, on that price, cheerful note, on huh? that cheerful note, I think probably we better. I mean, it's been brilliant chatting to you, Eddie. We I'm could sorry, talk to you I go on, I do all I go day. On. We could talk to you, but I, I think that would probably make rather a long podcast. Yeah, so uh, I think probably we'd. Uh, what do you think, Ben? I think probably we ought to call it a day now. I think we'll say thanks very much to Eddie. Look forward to seeing you for a beer and talking again. Yes, yes. absolutely, guys, and pleasure. And, um, um, yeah, look, I ultimately completely support what everyone's doing here. And um, um, I'm just privileged to know you guys, actually, to be honest with you, and, and some of the other friends in the market. We all believe it, don't we? Absolutely. At the end of the day, it, we believe what we're doing. And yeah. um, join the NRLA. <laughs> <laughs> and Landlord Law. And get all and your insurance sure to subscribe to Landlord Law. Uh, that's the most important thing. And get real advice. Do you know, the internet is great, isn't it? But there's a lot of rubbish on there. Quite. Okay, then. Of... Right, well, thank, thank you very much, Eddie. So, Ben, that was a that was a very interesting discussion, um, quite a long discussion, slightly longer podcast than we've done in the past, but worth it because it's with Eddie. Exactly. And, you know, Eddie's uh, charismatic. He's passionate about what yeah. he does and he really, you know, gives us stuff about uh, about the industry. And I think, you know, that comes across in the in, in the podcast for me. And, you know, he's got bags of experience uh, and a really pragmatic approach to, to life. What's not to like? Absolutely. I mean, if anybody wants to find out more about Eddie, I did actually interview him a couple of years ago. Um, it's on YouTube, on the Landlord Law channel on YouTube, but I'll put a link to it on the Landlord and Lawyer podcast website um, page for this episode. Um, but um, yeah, just in, case you can't, just in case you can't get enough of Eddie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was interesting, his observations, Tessa, around the, you know, what he's seen change over the past mm. 25 years and, and where we're headed now and the role that things like mediation, conciliation have got to play. Um, very, very interesting. Yeah, I think mediation is, is going to take an increasingly important role uh, and I have to say, I, I think it's very sad that we're not going to sort of ditch all the unbelievably convoluted and confusing legislation about tenancy deposits and start again with a nice clean slate. With yeah, well, who, who, who says we won't? You know, we've got the, the the white paper discussions over the summer. In fact, I'm going to the first meeting next week. Um, you know, there will be a whole range of things that are on the table. But the bit that resonates for me that really chimes with what NRLA say is that, you know, these changes have to work for everybody in the sector. 
Yeah. Uh, no point robbing Peter to pay Paul. Uh, you know, we need balance in, in the sector and it needs to work for renters as it does for landlords. And that's really important. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how it goes. So we'll probably have Eddie back again one day. We but um, in the meantime, um, it's, it's, oh, it's good night from him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's good night from her. We'll see you next time, folks. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.